The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When a security guard is doing his nightly rounds at a military base, he has no idea he's about to come face-to-face with a creature from mythology. And then we take a look at a new conspiracy theory that that I just came up with, but I have backing for it. This will be an interesting one. Is it possible that governments around the world are done using the media trying to control people? Instead, they're going to team up with the most unlikely of allies. The Tick. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. It's so hot here. I'm super sweaty, and I just started recording the podcast, and I just <laughs> hopefully we'll get this done pretty quickly, but it'll still be a great episode. But someone who's always great, whether he's long or short, walking into Dead Rabbit Command. I know the segue doesn't make any sense, but walking into Dead Rabbit Command, everyone give it up for our newest Patreon supporter, Bungo, woohoo, yeah, wee, yeah, come on in, yeah, Bungo, my man, walking on into Dead Rabbit Command. Bungo, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That's another way you can help the show grow. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know online or in real life about Dead Rabbit Radio. Also, I should mention this now, as Bungo is getting the Jason Jalopy out of the garage, Patreon members get ad-free episodes of all future episodes. I can't go back and reload the past episodes to make those ad-free, but if you've been on the fence about joining the Patreon, that's another benefit. You get the ad-free episodes. We're doing a monthly movie night now for Patreons. I'd like to add in a monthly game night, but that's still in the works. But Bungo is driving the Jason Jalopy out of the workshop. He's all covered in grease. He's like, I don't know anything about cars. I actually think I put the wheels on backwards. Well, we'll figure we'll figure it out along the way, or we'll call AAA. Bungo, hop inside the Jason Jalopy and get behind the steering wheel. Everyone else, we're going to take a seat as well. Bungo, we're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to jolly old England. <laughs> Nice, leisurely drive across the Atlantic Ocean. We're all dead. We're all drowned. But this is a paranormal podcast, so that's okay. We're ghosts. We're in England. Specifically, we're in Upper Hayford, England, where there is a Air Force Base. The Royal Air Force Base there. The year's 1996. Planes are taking off. Roger, roger. We're flying over Britain right now. And there is... There's a guy who doesn't get to fly planes. There's a lot of people in the Air Force who don't get to fly planes. We're about to meet a young bloke, as they call him over there. We're going to call him Johnny. Now, Johnny, he's a security guard at the military base. So he just sits there and he's like watching planes take off. He's like, oh, man, I wish I could be in one of those planes. 
they're flying around. <laughs> they're mocking him. They're buzzing. They're coming real low. They're like knocking his hat off. They're like, Johnny, you'll never be in a plane. Never. And he's like, what? How did I hear them? No, Johnny's doing his part. John, you need security at an Air Force base. It is a military installation after all. Well, one night, Johnny's walking around the perimeter of the base. He has his torch, what the rest of the world calls flashlights. And he's walking around and he's like, oh, blimey. If only I could ride in a plane, that would be the bee's knees. But instead, I'm sitting here being stung by bees ah, on the ground. Even the insect world torments me. They're, they're buzzing him. They're making fun of him because he can't fly. Anyways, he's walking around this military base at night on his rounds. And he starts to hear a clump, 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 clump. And it's the sound of a horse galloping nearby. Clump, 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 clump. He's like, uh-huh, what? I am a security guard. I must go find out what that is. <laughs> he can't just be like filling out the report. They're like, so how did it go? He's like, well, I did hear a, I did hear a horse within our perimeter. They're like, what? Did you check it out? He's like, nah, it's too busy getting stung by bees. He says, I have to go check out to see where this horse sound is coming from. And it's because it's within the base perimeter. He's like, okay, time for Johnny to shine. So he's shining his torch around. And he walks around a corner and he sees, standing there, illuminated by his torch, a horse. Which is what he expected to see. But this was no ordinary horse. Because, imagine this, he looks straight at, (laughs) you know how normally when you turn a corner, you just look straight ahead, you don't immediately look up and down? He turns the corner and he looks and he sees a horse torso with horse legs and then he can't see anything else. He's like, okay, now, for narrative purposes, I'm slowly going to raise my eyes a few degrees. And he looks up, but this horse does not have a horse's head. Instead, it has the body of a man. (laughs) You're like, Jason, just say he saw a centaur. You don't have to make it, you don't have to drag it on. He said you hope this episode's over soon because you're sweating and then you're like, let's take it centimeter by centimeter. He looks up and he realizes this isn't just a horse, it's a centaur. So where the horse's head would be, there is the belly of a man and then the rest of a man, not just his belly, that would be grotesque. That would, be, that would not be a fun mythical creature. It's the centaurs of old Greek and probably Roman mythology because they stole everything. He looks up, he sees the belly of a man, and then the torso, uh, the upper chest of a man, and then man arms, and then a man head. He sees half a man attached to half a horse, and he's like, what? But that's not all. (laughs) That was boring. (laughs) Like, oh, what, a centaur in real life? I don't know. Jason, the show's kind of slipping in quality. He sees a centaur standing there at night in pretty much modern day, right? It's 1996 Britain. He's shining the flashlight, but then he looks down. Oh, he might have just saw all this stuff at the same time. I don't know. Again, I'm dragging it on. What he sees is a centaur, half man, half horse. But to make it even weirder, the horse, the centaur, really, didn't have hooves. On those long horse legs, at the end of them were... Human hands. And the back legs had human feet. This 
freaked him out. <laughs> not just the hands and the feet thing, not just that. You see, normally centaurs have hooves. They're normally all horse from the neck down and the rest of it's human. But this one had hand, human hands in the front legs and human feet in the hind legs. The whole thing freaked him out. It wasn't just the hands and the feet. The whole thing freaked him out and he ran away. Johnny ran away. I'm assuming he told his base commander. I'm assuming he just run and go, oh man, all that running made me sleepy. And then he wakes up and the centaurs have stolen all the planes. The war has begun between man and myth. I'm sure he went to his supervisor and said, someone's breached the perimeter, but that's all, that's all the information I'm going to give you because if I tell you anything more, you're going to throw me in the loony bin. Just Just deploy everything. Call in the army to help the Air Force because they just got planes and the army has like tanks and they have guns that can shoot horses, right? Commander's like, what? Are you saying a horse? No, 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 I'm not saying, I'm not necessarily saying a horse breached the perimeter, but if the, let's just say hypothetically, the army has guns to shoot things that might be half horse. Commander's like, what are you talking about? So anyways, he sees the centaur with human hands and human feet. And and really, it's funny because you go, what's the weirder part? That the centaur had human hands or human feet or that a centaur was there in the first place? Or the way I'm pronouncing centaur, which I'm sure is not correct. What's interesting, so I found this story on ThinkAboutItDocs.com and they were puzzled by the idea that how did it make the galloping sound if it had hands and feet? But I think, I think really, then you're really kind of nitpicking. Because it's obviously a mythological creature. But I saw them think about it at Docs.com. They go, where'd the galloping sound come from? They say they got it from Apra Paranormal, which I wasn't able to find any more research about or any more information about this particular event. But I do have... So that happened in 1996, and we don't have an exact date for that story. But what's interesting is two and a half hours away in November 1996, so we don't know when the first story took place other than the year, November 1996, now we're in or near Great Yarmouth, not my mouth, Yarmouth, that's in Lincolnshire, England. At nighttime, this guy is driving down this road. It's a back road. It's not a well-traveled road. It's a dark drive on a dark night. And he sees this shape out in the field. He can't really make sense of it at first, but he sees this shape out in this field and it begins moving towards the road, which would be a little ominous, right? Any shape, even like the shape of like a lovable character, <laughs> actually, it'd be more terrifying. You see a Donald Duck, a giant Donald Duck shaped figure marching through the darkness. You're like, I'd rather it be a goblin. I'd rather it be something that isn't trying to look innocent. He sees this shape It's walking towards the road. No matter what shape it's in, it's going to be ominous just knowing this is coming. And he's as he gets closer to it and it gets closer to the road, he sees it. It has the body of a horse, the legs of a horse, hooves included, the head of a horse. <laughs> Jason, that's just the horse. That's just the horse. It has the body of a leg. What? Does it have the tail of a skunk? It has the body of a horse, the legs of a horse, the head of a horse, but it doesn't have a it doesn't have a horse face. So it has the horse head, it's the shape of a horse head, but stretched across the horse skull is the face of a man. 
so what was this? This is interesting because we have to wonder, does this story, it's only two and a half hours away, does this take place before or after the centaur story? I'm sure they're related, right? How many horse stories can you have in one region? Here are my theories. One, a man, a normal human, is turning into a horse. Two, let's imagine that this story took place before the Air Force story. It's possible that this horse is slowly turning into a centaur. It's out in this field, and it's like, what's going on with me? Uh, And then his face is all... And then he gets a human face and he's like, what? What are the, what's going on here? What's up with this phenomenon? They have to be related. I mean, I guess they don't have to, but you have two horse related, two weird horse related stories in one region. I'm wondering which story took place first. If this story took place first, this could be the transformation of the horse into the centaur. Was this a centaur turning into a horse? Was it a man? My worst fear, a normal human being shifted into another form i've talked about it several times on the show that's my childhood fear now <laughs> it's become my adult fear to slowly turn into a toad or a pumpkin or a tree those are all terrifying things but you know it's funny i think about it what if it was something fun what if i was like slowly turning into like a leprechaun i might be fine with that i, I like i don't think it would would if i have the mind see my my fear is having the mind of Jason in the body of a snail. And I can still comprehend being like, I was once a man, I was once a man. Now (laughs) now I'm slowly moving away from salt. This kid's trying to pour salt on me and I'm not fast enough. Or if I'm a tree and I'm like, oh, I'm here forever. I'm looking at all my tree buddies, but they have no personalities. They're just normal trees. But woe is me, I'm Jason, I'm a tree. Like If I just turned into a snail and forgot I was a person, I probably wouldn't care. But if I was a leprechaun, if I turned into a leprechaun, I think I'd be fine with it. I think I'd be like, oh, I'm Jason, but now I'm only like two feet tall. I'm immensely wealthy. I make dreams come true. I'm basically a game show host. I think I'd be fine with that. So if I turned into a centaur, I think that'd be okay. I would want hooves, though, because my hands would hurt. My feet would hurt all the time. I would want hooves. But I think I'd be fine turning into a centaur. Or who's the little dude with the flute? I'd be him. Leprechaun. I'd be a leprechaun. Probably a... No, not a Bigfoot. They're too monstrous. Plus, I hate the outdoors. But you know what I mean? Like, I could turn into some stuff. But um, is this a man turning into a horse? That's horrifying. Is it a man turning into a centaur? That That's reasonable. As long as he has hooves. Is it a centaur turning into a horse? That's creepy. Is it a horse turning into a centaur? We don't know. There's a little math fact family here. But a bizarre story coming from England. Is this creature still out there? Is it two separate creatures? Who knows? We don't know. So if you're at work tonight and you hear a galloping, you're like, I work at a horse a horse betting, a race place with horses. You work at Downton, what do they call that place? Downey Farms or whatever, where the horses run everywhere. The ones where they run in a circle and people win money. Uh, the rich people place. Kentucky Derby. The, um, if you work at the Kentucky Derby, don't worry about it, but anyways, if you work anywhere else, you work at a grocery store, you're a college professor, you're unemployed, sitting at home, if you hear a galloping nearby, maybe for your own sanity, don't take a look, you're just sitting there, you're like, well, 
You hear this thundering stampede of a hundred buffalo. You're like, Jason told me not to look, so I can probably easily avoid this by getting in my car and driving away. But nope, I'm listening to this podcast. Maybe some, maybe the sound of a stampede. Yes, look and avoid it. But if you just hear the sound of one galloping horse, maybe for your own sanity, don't take a peek because it turns out you may see something that will prove that the world of the paranormal is real. But not in a not in a cool way. It's not like a ghost or an alien. You're like, what? It's just a centaur. That's weird. I was kind of hoping for something else, for something else fantastical. But no, it's just a half-naked man who has the body of a horse and, oddly enough, no hooves, just hands and feet. Bongo! Let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the carboner copter. We are leaving behind jolly old England. Take us all the way out to... Plum Island. This is a weird conspiracy theory that I came up with, but there's a lot of evidence to back it up, and we're going to go through it piece by piece. And the story all starts in Plum Island. Plum Island is a little island off the East Coast. It's right by New York. It's actually considered part of the state of New York. And this is the home of the Plum Island Animal Disease Center. This is a real institution that for decades, what they were tasked at figuring out was how to prevent illnesses in America's livestock. That's what it was on paper. But it's a government facility, and there's always been rumors that there have been other uses for this facility. In fact, during the Bush administration, it was completely taken over, I believe, by the Department of Defense. Like They're like, we're not even going to pretend that this is just a just scientific laboratory anymore. We're afraid that Al-Qaeda, that the Taliban, or enemies around the world will use biological weapons against our livestock. Could you imagine Osama bin Laden walking around America with a big box of bugs? And he's just, he's like Johnny Appleseeding it across America, just throwing out handfuls into farms, spreading some gross cow disease. And then all the cows, that would you like that? And we're like, no, of course we wouldn't. Yeah, that's what we thought. So the Department of Defense is taking over Plum Island, the animal disease center, to prevent that. Because here's the thing, our food supply is an incredibly soft target. You could do serious damage. This is not advice. I know it seems like I gave a lot of advice to international terrorists on this podcast. They're like, a box of bugs? That's a great idea. How come we didn't think of that? That's so cheap. You could totally mess with America's food supply. Not only would you uh, kill a bunch of cows, you would not only ruin local economies, you would ruin consumer trust in buying American meat you're able to put this thing into the food supply, it would have devastating effects for much longer than a bomb would. It'd be much cheaper as well and be far more undetectable. And once again, I'm not giving advice. I'm not saying this is a good idea. I'm just saying that it's possible. (laughs) It's possible and to be honest, it's quite easy. But anyways... Let's look at this, because I came across this news article the other day, and I was like, uh, there might be something going on here. But to talk about this, let's go on to travel back in time a bit. The year is 2019, 
And there is a U.S. House of Representative member named Chris Smith. He represents New Jersey. And there was a federal defense spending bill going through, and he added an amendment. It was passed by the House of Representatives, but then when the entire spending bill went to the Senate, they removed the version they voted for. They removed the Chris Smith Amendment. So this investigation was not actually open. And this was really, this isn't the end of it. People are still really investigating this, but this was just the latest wrinkle in the case of where did Lyme disease come from? It's an old conspiracy theory that goes back in the 1960s. Lyme disease, apparently they say we've found Egyptian mummies that have had what we think was Lyme disease. They had these rashes. And Lyme disease was also, like, it was rediscovered in, you know, like the early 1800s, mid-1800s, around there. But it was so rare. And to be honest, quite mild. It seemed like it was a rash back then that it didn't even have a name. But in the 1960s, in the town and surrounding areas of Lyme, Connecticut, this disease started to pop up. It was affecting both children and adults. And it was more than just a chronic skin rash. They would have a rash. They would also develop severe chronic fatigue that would last the rest of their lives. Sometimes. You'd have people become paralyzed from this. And you have this cluster of this mysterious illness that's hitting Lyme, Connecticut. And the doctor's like, we don't know what it is. They didn't even know how to treat it because they don't know what it is. There's not even a name for it. And the government was just kind of like, it's just probably all in your head. You You know that paralysis, you know that depression that leads to paralysis and chronic fatigue. It's just that. And that horrible skin rash, you're just sad. It wasn't until the early 1980s where it was named Lyme disease, where they figured out what it was, what the symptoms were. They started figuring out treatments. And more importantly, they figured out how it was spread. The tick. Now, ticks had been in the area for hundreds of years. So why did this disease pop up? Why was it mostly affecting this area surrounding Lyme, Connecticut? Lyme, Connecticut is 17 miles north of Plum Island Animal Disease Center. And the old conspiracy theory, this was one that I remember hearing about in the 80s when I was growing up, is that ticks were a bioweapon. Not ticks themselves, they existed. Somebody had to go back in time and evolve them. Ticks existed, and they were doing, the government was doing experiments on Plum Island to create a bioweapon that the ticks would deliver to either humans or livestock, or both probably, that we could then dump in some Eastern European country. And something went wrong. The experiment got loose. The government denies this. The government denies this, obviously. The conspiracy theorists, there's a division. Some people say it got out accidentally. You have a tick escape the laboratory, but it's still on the island, and then it hitches a ride on a bird, and then the bird drops it off, and you on the mainland, and it's spreading, da-da-da-da. You have people who say it was an accident. You have other people say it was supposed to be a test run that got out of control. They did it deliberately in that small town. That's why the cluster was in that small town. But the government denies all of it. Right now, 
ticks spreading Lyme disease are in every state but Hawaii. They say nowadays you get 300,000 new cases of Lyme disease a year in the United States. And so Chris Smith, Representative Chris Smith, wanted to open an investigation. He wanted to have the government open an internal investigation over, was it possible that the government had something to do with the creation or the weaponization of Lyme disease? They've made it so much more horrible to have. It wouldn't be out of line for what we know, not only the American government would do, but any government. Any government trying to work on bioweapons. At the most, they'll go, oh no, we're working on them so people won't use them against us. We're afraid that the Soviet Union is going to launch an anthrax attack on the United States. So we have to make the worst possible version of anthrax available so we can figure out a cure for it. And so they're mixing all this anthrax. You're not supposed to have bioweapons or chemical weapons, but that's the excuse superpowers use. Well, we're just making them so we can fight against them. <laughs> like, what? Then why do you have these huge storage facilities? Well, we can't just get rid of it because that would be pollution. <laughs> why are you putting it on warheads? Well, you know, the, this place was looking real cluttered with all of these barrels. So we figured we'd put it up high. We'd put all of this anthrax in this warhead. You're like, what? Anyways. It's. It, I think that's super possible. I think that this is one of those conspiracy theories that is probably true. I think the. I think that Lyme disease was weaponized. I think it got out on accident. That's what I think. I think it got out on accident, but I do think the American government made it, and they were planning on. They might have said, "Well, we don't want the Russians to do this, so we're going to do it first, so we can figure out a way to cure it." But they missed the second part because a bunch of people get Lyme disease every year. But I think that's one of those conspiracy theories that's super, I, I think it's real. I think that I would say super plausible, but it's almost just like, it's a, almost a fact at this point. It makes sense. Well, this next step we're going to go on is my own conspiracy theory. Let's take a look at this. I was reading this article the other day about a new tick disease. That's currently spreading across America. These lone star ticks are what they call They're special kind of ticks. But they're everywhere in the United States. They're less common up north into the west. So I'm safe for now. But these ticks are now out of the blue. Isn't this wacky, guys? Isn't this so weird that we realize that you can spread a disease across the country. It takes a couple decades, but you can spread a mysterious disease across the country using ticks. And now we have another bizarre tick illness. And while the first one would be a weapon against the body, this one's a weapon against the body and the mind. Take a journey with me. Let's put our conspiracy caps on and strap in because the Lone Star Tick, some of them, are carrying this new disease called alpha-gal syndrome. And the way it works is that if these ticks bite a cow, bite a deer, bite a lamb, these type, not, not all in one day, it's not a magical spell, it doesn't have to do all three, it feeds on one of these creatures, one of this livestock or, you know, deers, just a wild animal, and then it bites you you have a chance of developing alpha-gal syndrome. This is something new that we're seeing spreading across the U.S. What it does is it makes you highly and sometimes deathly allergic to red meat and milk. 
what happens when you get alpha-gal syndrome, a mild case is, <laughs> mild case is explosive diarrhea and vomiting. That's if you're lucky. Some people, when they eat red meat, their throat will swell shut. Their tongue will swell up. They'll basically suffocate. And while their last meal may have been completely delicious, could have been a delicious hamburger, they can die. The allergic reaction is that bad. Right now, doctors are saying, because they've identified, and what's interesting is some people say, no, 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 that's not what this is. It's just all these people all of a sudden are getting irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> As you're suffocating, they're like, oh, just take some Pepto, bro. You're all, ah. They're finishing off your hamburger. Some people say it's just irritable bowel syndrome. It's not actually this alpha-gal syndrome. But the thing is, is the two are easy to confuse because you can get bit by the tick and then a couple weeks, you may not, the thing with a tick bite, you don't even know where you're getting bit. I didn't even know I was bit. They said you don't have to get bit on the arm to see the circle on the arm. It could have bit, bit you anywhere. But you may not know you got bit. You get infected with this. A couple weeks later, you start getting violently ill when you eat red meat. And so the doctor, again, if doctors aren't aware of this, phenomenon they might just say you have irritable bowel syndrome stay away from red meat for a while if they do know that you're suffering from alpha gal syndrome right now they can give you high doses of antihistamine and it may not be permanent i guess in some cases they've seen people go back to eating red meat but here's the thing <laughs> would you want to if you spent three months well, technically, if you spend two weeks eating red meat and vomiting, you're going to stop. And then the doctor goes, we're going to put you on this course of antihistamines for a couple months. After that, you should be able to go back to eating red meat. Would you want to? Because your last memories was you becoming violently ill. And this is spreading across the country. People who have had no food allergies, or at least not to this stuff, they may not be able to be around a peanut, but all of a sudden are becoming allergic to red meat and milk. And some of them don't even know why. They just think, oh, I'm just getting older. My stomach's a little queasy. As they're suffocating in the corner, they're like, ah, old age. <laughs> but here's my conspiracy theory. Because there has been a push for many, many years. And like all of these pushes, they only get louder as time goes on. To eliminate red meat from the American diet. And first, it was about health. They're like, red meat is unhealthy. Like, Jason, it is unhealthy. It is unhealthy. But there's a big push. I remember in the 90s, red meat is bad for you. It's bad for you. And people are all like, nom, 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 eating their burgers. Guys, hamburgers are delicious. Sure, we agree with you guys. But it's bad for the environment. Do you know how much water it takes to run a dairy farm or a cow farm? Do you know how many resources it takes? Do you know how much methane, how much carbon is created by your average cow farm? These things are actually destroying the environment. They're destroying the world. Om nom 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 nom. I put a couple articles in the show notes, but I guarantee you if you type in environmental effects of a cow farm or red meat effects on the environment, dozens if not hundreds of articles are going to pull up 
from not only America, but all over the world, trying to convince people that one of the main things you need to do to save the environment, to stop climate change, is to stop consuming red meat. That's where that big push, I know we the Great Reset, we've talked about it briefly on the show here or there because it's such a popular conspiracy theory. The Great Reset, this idea that after COVID, we were going to reset society. And one of the things was, it's kind of a quote that's become a meme. I don't know if it was actually originally a quote, but it's a meme. Uh, you'll eat bugs and like it. We're going to eat bugs and live in a box. That's this meme that's come out of the Great Reset. That, that idea, which I'd been hearing again, for 10 years is that to get rid of red meat, we could build, instead of these large farms that take up entire tracts of land, they require all this watering and all these cows and all this food for the cows and all these shipping trucks for the cows, you could build a vertical farm full of millions of insects. And instead of eating a a red meat patty, you would have a grasshopper burger. Instead of eating a delicious bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken, you would eat a delicious bucket of Kentucky Fried Maggots. You just reach in. This big push towards grilled cockroaches. Or cockroach milk, actually, I think is one of the things they're working on as well. Because you could have millions of bugs in a much smaller area, requires much smaller resources... It's healthier. I'm quoting them. I'm not making these arguments myself, but it's healthier. It tastes just as good. I was like, okay, that's what they're saying. Bugs. You can eat bugs. I've been seeing articles about that, again, for a long time, even before all this Great Reset talk. You could have vertical farms full of millions, really, if not billions of bugs. They're just easier to maintain. They're less strain on the environment. Guys, if we start eating bugs and stop eating so much red meat... We can affect climate change on a daily level. Om nom 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 nom. Is it possible that the government has just said, we've tried selling it to them every single way? Is it possible that the powers that be have said, you know what? We've tried this every possible way. We told them it was bad for them. We told them it was cruel. We'd let this footage leak out of this horrible cruelty. That's one thing I 100% will agree with people on. It's inhumane. It's absolutely inhumane. I'm like, oh no, those cows, they love it. They love never seeing daylight. Um, It's bad for you. It's bad for the animal. It's straight up inhumane. It's bad for the environment. Like, we've tried arguing it so many times, and people aren't eating less red meat. But we, the powers that be, want to reduce red meat consumption. And some guy sitting at this meeting goes, Ticks. And they're like, what? And he goes, Ticks, gentlemen. Remember the tick? Remember that wild party on Plum Island back in the 60s where we were having fun? throwing bioweapons at each other. And uh, old Charlie there threw a, t- threw a tick. He threw a tick 17 miles. He got so many bioweapons pumped into his body, he became a supervillain. He threw a tick 17 miles, ladies and gentlemen. And it landed in little old Lyme, Connecticut. And we've watched this disease spread across the country. What if we could use the mighty tick to change people? 
what if, if Americans won't give up eating red meat, we just make them allergic to it? It's my conspiracy theory, right? I basically, I was an old-time believer in the Lyme disease government bioweapon theory. I'm sure most people, if this is new to you, and you do any research on this, you'll be like, wow, I didn't know any of that. It's pretty convincing. The only argument against it is, we didn't do that. That's pretty much it. Like, it totally fits. It totally fits with everything we know governments do. It fits with where it came from. The fact that people were denying that it existed at first, they're like, oh no, that's just your son who's paralyzed as a bunch of kids. That softball season wasn't really good. Most of them were chronically fatigued and or paralyzed. This would be this would make sense. Again, this would make sense. If you're trying to change people's behavior and they refuse to change, and you have the ability to force them to change, and even more brilliantly, they don't even know. They don't even know. The government said no more hamburgers, no more red meat. We're banning it. It would be prohibition era violence. You would see the cartels of Mexico (laughs) turn, turn their entire economy into these covert hot dog stands. And you would have McDonald's, like underground McDonald's, like speakeasies. People would be willing to pay to have that delicious red meat and it wouldn't last people would be it wouldn't pass it wouldn't pass at first i mean you'd have to this is one of those rules you'd have to enforce with the barrel of a gun they could try taxing it out of existence that's kind of what they're doing with cigarettes uh in california especially on the west coast they just make it so insanely expensive to buy cigarettes they'll they'll make meth legal in oregon they'll make it legal to possess meth but you don't be smoking any cigarettes around me that's dangerous. I'd much rather get stabbed by a meth head than take in a little bit of secondhand smoke, young man. You could tax it out of existence, but you have the beef lobby, right? You have That's the big opposing force in this. You would have the beef lobby trying to fight against it. So you'd either have to demolish them or pay them off or just make the consumers change. And if you could do it covertly, If you could actually make people not want to eat it because it makes them so sick, you would do it. You 100% would do that. If that was your end goal, if you thought, if we don't do this, it's going to be the destruction of the planet, you would do whatever it took. Even if a couple people died, even if a couple people got sick, well, they they all get sick, that's how it works, but... You would do it. You would pull that trigger. You would press that button. So is this just a conspiracy theory that a conspiracy theorist came up with? I mean, technically, yeah. But is there any truth to this? I don't know. But back in the 1960s, a group of mothers had a hunch that there was a new disease spreading in their community. And they spoke loudly and long about it, and it still took nearly 20 years before it was recognized by the medical establishment. But even today, there's a lot of unanswered questions as to where Lyme disease, this form of Lyme disease, originated. Sometimes hunches are wrong, sometimes they're right. 
It's a terrifying conspiracy theory. If it's true. If it's not, no harm, no foul. Right, Your Honor? As I'm being sued by the tick lobby, they're like, you gave us a bad name. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if I'm right... So the next time you're out in the woods or doing some yard work, make sure you cover up. Make sure you have on gloves and a full suit. <laughs> you wear a business suit. You're like, what? You didn't specify what kind of suit, Jason. You're out there with slacks. Make sure you're covered up because who knows? There could be a tick lurking by. He has a belly full of... I, I didn't explain. I don't think I explained how this works. The cows have a sugar enzyme or the deer or the lamb have a sugar enzyme in them that when the tick is kind of late, you're like, wow, Jason. I just thought it was magic. You're like, what if a, if a tick bites a cow? I'm going to throw up. No, I, this is a little late in the episode. But anyways, it bites onto the cow, the deer, and the sheep. The reason why they use those examples is they have a sugar enzyme in them that for whatever reason, now, when it bites a human, that sugar enzyme makes you allergic to red meat. Why that also includes the, the lamb and the deer. Who know? Again, it's just a weird thing. What was it talking about? Oh, yeah. The next time that you're out doing yard work in your three-piece suit, there might be a tick nearby. And be careful, because you may be expecting to have a delicious steak. You're like, three weeks from now, that's my reward. Three weeks from now, I want to eat the best steak in the world. Not today. Not today. It's too hot. That tick bites you, and you're like, what, huh? And then three weeks pass, and you go to eat the steak. Oh, and I also forgot this. i got to wrap this episode up. But I forgot to mention this. My, and we'll wrap it up like this. My concern is, like, I think this might be a conspiracy to get us to stop eating red meat. But where does it end? Where does it end? Where does this type of corrective, if this is conspiracy theory true, where would it end? If the, if people go, well, that route, that really worked. We gave them a disease and they stopped eating red meat, or at least enough people stopped eating red meat that the there's less farms, there's less demand for red meat. We don't have to make it so no one ever eats it again. But if we get 20% less people, population, to stop eating red meat and drinking milk, that's going to cause a lot of these farms to shut down. What happens then? What happens when they go, you know what, the next stop, we, so many people believe in these wacky religions. We got all these Christians and Muslims, and we got all these Jewish people walking around, Hindus, stuff like that. What can we do about that? <laughs> Is there a tick disease that makes you stop believing in life after death? truth beyond what's knowable where does it stop like if this works at what point do they go well we're just going to start correcting everything we don't like we're going to find a way we're going to zap it out of them or give them a disease and not only that we're going to do it in such a way they won't even know we're doing it they'll think they'll just think that one day they just got irritable bowel syndrome and, and didn't like meat anymore because well, it's making them throw up and have diarrhea right no one's going to, they're like, mm -mm. time, time to go back to McDonald's. Their pants are brown. They're like, sir, can you please stop eating here? Or at least change your pants. He's like, nope, I'm pooping right now in line. It's that whole thing. Like who would have ever thought nearly every American citizen would have a spying, a tracking device that listens to every conversation in our pockets and we pay for it. We pay a lot of money for it. It's super bizarre. Again, if you try to force listen, if you said everyone has to carry a listening device on you, and you can't eat red meat anymore. People would fight against that, but you could sell it to them and just make them sick of red meat. And they would be like, well, this is fine. This is normal. It's terrifying conspiracy theory. And 
it adds up. It really does make sense. And that's the terrifying part of it. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.